0: this is your first time at the gathering, let me say welcome to you. We are so glad that you're here today. You know, at the gathering, we are fixated on making your next steps easy to find when you're ready to take them. At the gathering, we're here to take a walk down a spiritual pathway with you. In fact, we believe that all of Scripture points to this clear spiritual pathway that we want to go with you down, and that is to to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose, and to make a difference. And we want to walk each step of that path with you. So welcome this morning, and we're glad you're here. You know, uh, this is an exciting week uh, coming up. Next week is going to be a big day for us here at the gathering. It is the start of our favorite summer series. Uh, We are doing a series called Something's Brewing. Something's Brewing, and in this series, we're going to be looking at the beer-making process along with the life of Joseph, and we're going to see what we can learn about developing our potential. We love this series, and and I'll tell you what, there is no better time to invite people to the gathering church than for our Something's Brewing series. The whole series is engineered for first-time guests, people who are new to faith coming in, uh, that they might have an opportunity to, to Feel like they're being welcomed and wanted and invested in in a personal way. And so we kind of pull out all the stops for this series. We've got an awesome pint glass that everybody who comes next week is going to be taking home, a special edition pint glass. You can put water in it or you can put anything else you want in there. It is a container for drinking out of. It's fantastic. Holds 16 ounces and it's got a custom design on it. That's all the information I can give you. Everything else is a secret. You got to come back next week if you want it. We actually printed some invite cards on coasters for you to take with you this week. And so listen, anybody you can think of, You know, the the grocery store clerk, your next door neighbor, the person at the cubicle next to you, everybody who looks at you and makes eye contact this week, you should be giving them one of these coasters or invite cards this week to invite them out next week to Something's Brewing. We're so excited. On top of all that... It's Father's Day. And so we love Father's Day. We want dads to feel celebrated. And so uh, we're going to be doing some fun stuff for dads next week as well. So bring your dads out. We're having a big cookout for them. Uh, we're going to serve up some good food. So you're going to make sure want to make sure that you bring your dads out next week for Father's Day. It's going to be a great week. Well, today we are wrapping up our series, You Asked For It. You Asked For It. This has been a, a a uh, uh, intense series for us here at the gathering it 's been transformative it 's been a, a culture shaping series for us at the gathering church. What we did was we created a website where you could go and submit the questions that you have and the topics that you wanted to hear us speak on and over the last four weeks we 've answered some of those questions from here on the stage and it, it has been challenging, but I also think it 's been a really good season. For our church today we 're going to answer our last question and we'll and then uh, and then we 'll start a new series next week and our last question is one that i 'm really excited about this was one we got asked a lot and we kind of got a few different categories of questions we got some questions that were about doctrine and theology, some kind of historical questions, and then we got these questions that are that i 'm so excited that you guys are asking and so our question today what we got asked a lot is How do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? Or how do I know when God is speaking? and What does it sound like? All those different types of questions. And I'm so excited that you guys are asking these questions because it means you want to grow. It means you want to get closer to the Father. It means you want your relationship to Him to get better. And so um, we're, we're so excited that you're asking those questions. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. Last year we did a series called Hearing God that was very much about this topic. It was four weeks long and we kind of covered a lot of different areas of this and how we hear from God. And so if you're one of the people that submitted that question, I want to suggest you go on our website gatherashville.org videos and you can find all of those messages archived there. If you really want to get deeper into it, um, I really think it'll help you to go in and And listen to some of those messages. But today, I've got some fresh content and some new thoughts about this that I'm excited to share with you about it. And so, uh, you know, one of the things... We talk about uh, having a personal relationship with God. And we talk about what it means to hear the voice of God. And I think a lot of times we put like this, uh, there's kind of like a a stigma around this idea of hearing the voice of God. We have these high expectations of, of what that might sound like. We're not sure. Like it's this mysterious voice that's going to appear out of nowhere that we'll hear When I was a young man, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, went to the beach a lot when we were kids, which now that I'm an adult, and I occasionally take my toddler to the beach, one, and she's got all this sand on her body, I think, how did my mom do this? Because it takes me 45 minutes just to get the child from the beach to the car, because I'm trying to remove each grain of sand anyways. We went to the beach lots when we were kids, and one time I was at the beach, and my aunt had a beach house, and we were at her beach house. And I was there with my cousins, and uh, we were out playing in the sand, and they dug this huge hole. And I was the youngest, and they said, John Mark, why don't you get in this hole? And I thought, that's a great idea. And so I jumped in the hole, and what they did next was pour all the sand in, as fast as they could, up to my neck. And I was literally, I was like in it like this. It was such a big hole. And they had dumped all this sand on up to my neck. And then there was a milk crate full of beach toys. They dumped it out and they put that over my head. And then they ran to go play in the ocean. Left me there. True story. That's funny. That's funny. You guys. Anyways, and so they left and, 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 and I'm sitting there. My head, I can't get out. I'm buried in the sand. I'm like six years old. I got this beach uh, bucket on my head. And next thing you know, I hear somebody come and sit down in the chair that was right next to me. And so then it was my Uncle Jimmy, so I just started saying, Uncle Jimmy, Uncle Jimmy, hey, what are you doing? Hey, you, sitting in the chair. And he's looking all around. He can't figure out what's going on. He hears this voice. I said, hey, you, what are you doing? You know, And I started having fun with it. He's looking all around. I said, hey, down here in the bucket, And he lifted up the bucket and my head was sticking out of the stand. It was kind of a weird situation for him. He dug me up and rescued me. But here's the point. I think a lot of times we think that's what it's going to be like when we hear from God. There'll be some voice speaking to us out of nowhere. And it just doesn't always happen like that. And so what we want to do this morning is make it easy for you. Um, We we want to just draw some clear lines on what it looks like to hear from God. And, and, And I want to encourage you that you can hear from God. That you can hear the voice of God. Dallas Willard, one of the great... Writers of this past century wrote in his book, Hearing God, If God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do for people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. You see, I believe God still speaks, that He still speaks to us, that He still has words for us, that His messages are still available to us. We call it a personal relationship with God because we believe that if you can, you can speak to Him, and he will speak to you. And in fact, that's what makes it a relationship. In fact, I believe that any relationship that we have that is a healthy, thriving relationship is built on communication. Rail and I, a couple years ago, we went through marriage counseling because our relationship had gotten to a place where it was strained and it was difficult to connect with one another. And over a few months of marriage counseling, what we discovered was that it was our communication that was broken more than anything else. And we had to learn how to speak to one another again and how to have regular rhythms of intentional conversation. And I believe our relationship with God is no different. That if we really want to have a relationship with Him, it requires intentional conversation over a regular basis. Now, if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, look with me at John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. If we are his, if we belong to God, and we want to hear from him, we need to learn how to listen to his voice when he speaks to us. It says he calls his own sheep by name because a relationship with God isn't just active, it's personal. He knows your name. He has words that are meant for you and only for you. He's got a message that is just specifically related to your purpose. It says he calls them by name and leads them out. I believe that God's desire is to lead you, that he wants to show you your next steps, that he wants to speak to you the vision of what's going to happen next in your life, that his desire is is to lead you as your shepherd, to go through life with you, keeping you safe and walking beside you step by step. And it says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. See, today I want to help us learn what his voice sounds like so we'll know what to listen for. And when we know his voice, we know what to follow. It says, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not know him. When somebody you know says your name from across a room, it catches your your ear because you recognize the voice saying it. If we want to hear God speak, we need to learn what his voice sounds like so we can separate it out from all the other voices that distract us. And I believe if we can do this, that God really speaks. In fact, I've experienced it. See, sometimes God speaks through what we call our gut, our emotions, our passions, our feelings. Sometimes they'll stir us towards one thing or another or away from something. And I believe that's God speaking to us on his next steps for us. Sometimes God speaks to us. In fact, most often God speaks to us through his word. In fact, fact, I believe that the simplest way to hear from God is through the Bible, his written words. God spoke these words to people who he asked to write them down. And it's not just for those people. God wrote it that it would still be alive and active for us who read it today. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and active. In other words, it's moving. A verse that you read yesterday could have new meaning for you today. And God is still using his word to speak to us thousands of years later. I believe his his word is one of the most consistent and common ways that he speaks to us. And then I believe sometimes he speaks to us in a way that is almost audible. That he speaks to us in a voice that we can almost hear. We can feel it within ourselves so strongly That we can nearly hear it. I've experienced that a few times. When I gave my life to Jesus, I could very nearly hear God saying that he wanted me to give my life to ministry. And when I was 21 years old, that was not the plan I had for my life. That was not what I wanted to do. I I was already in the Coast Guard a few years in, and I wanted to make a career out of it. And I wanted to do other things in that line of work. I did not want to be a pastor, but I heard God move me in a different direction. When 2013, Rail and I were praying about our future and what we would do next, and we almost heard the voice of God saying, go start this church. See, I believe you can hear the voice of God. I believe He can speak to you, that you can, you can hear His words almost as clear as I'm speaking to you right now. I've experienced it, and I believe you can experience it as well. But if you want to experience the voice of God, we've got to learn how to focus on the voice of God. See, I think a lot of times, one of the things that, that's keeping us from hearing God more than anything else is distractions. See, I think most of the time when folks are having a hard time hearing from God, it's not, the, the problem is not that they don't read the Bible or enough, or, or, or maybe the problem is not that they don't want to hear from God, or that they're not ready to hear from God, it's that they're too distracted to hear from God. And so before we talk about how to actually hear from God, I think we need to clear away some of the distractions that prevent us from hearing from God. And so first, I want to go through a a short list of some things I'm calling some weapons of mass distraction. This is the corniest thing I have ever come up with, all right? I'm excited about it. I wrote that down. I thought, ooh, I like that. They're going to love this. Weapons of mass distraction. Okay, we're going to talk about some weapons of mass distraction this morning. First is this. It's busyness. Busyness. Busyness is one of the greatest distractors there is from hearing the voice of God. In fact, it's so common in our culture and so ingrained in us that it's become a colloquialism. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Just busy. Hey, how's life going? Oh, it's going great. It's just really busy. It's on the tip of our tongues all the time. It's the way that culture has moved us to live our lives today, and it's an accurate description. As a culture in America today, we work more than American cultures in the past. The 40-hour work week is kind of hilarious to think about now. It's almost non-existent. If you have one salary-driven job, it usually comes in at 50 to 60 hours per week. And here in Asheville, most people have two jobs, and those are coming together. Their hours are tallying up to at this or more than 50 or 60 hours. And then if you have kids, there's school, there's after-school activities, sports, gymnastics, ballet, play dates. Then there's trying to keep up with the house. There's the yard work. There's birthday parties. And then there's always just that friend who keeps moving and asks you to help them move their stuff, and you just don't know how to say no. No. It's time to say no to that guy and tell him to hire United. You know what I'm saying? Get a moving truck, man. And that's the problem in general is that we don't know how to say no. We've forgotten what it means to draw a line in our lives. And it's because we want a little bit of all these things. Now, a lot of them are good things, things that we want. They're, they're society's expectations on us. They're our financial wants or needs. Self-imposed expectations and even our own dreams sometimes keep us saying yes well beyond our capacity to do so. We need to say no to more things in our lives. Very plainly, we need to be realistic about our capacity. If we want to hear the voice of God, we've got to learn that we can't be this busy all the time. If God speaks in the stillness, we've got to learn how to create stillness in our lives. There's a familiar story in Scripture where Jesus uh, was invited to dinner with some friends. And there's two sisters named Mary and Martha. And they're at Martha's home, and she's running all over the place trying to be a good host, trying to get dinner ready and make everything perfect. But Jesus was in her house, and Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus, enjoying every moment and listening to every word. Luke 10, verses 39 through 40 says, and she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. Now, a lot's been said about this verse, but however you feel about poor Martha, it says she didn't hear Jesus because she was too distracted by her busyness. And the same thing happens to us. If you want to hear from God, you have got to make time to. Take time to slow down, to be quiet, and listen. You're not going to be able to hear God while you're driving all over town, doing all these plans, doing all these things. In fact, in, in, in Asheville, summertime almost becomes a, a factor of busyness for us because we're scrambling to do all the hiking and kayaking and, and paddleboarding and mountain biking and all that that we can before it gets unbelievably cold again, you know? And so it becomes a busyness of entertainment. We've got to take time to stop and slow down and create space for God to speak. Psalm 46.10, it says, be still. And know that I am God. You've got to make room in your life to be still. Here's something that I'm learning. The quieter that I become, the more I can hear. This is amazing to me. This is a new revelation. But the quieter I become, the more I can hear. I, I, I'm, I'm a big talker. And when I get in a conversation with somebody, I do all the talking. All the talking. I'll have a 15-minute conversation with somebody... And I'll leave that. My wife will start to ask me questions about that person. She'll say, well, how do they like their new job? And I'll be like, I don't know. Well, wh- well, how do they like their house? Well, I don't know. How's their wife doing? I don't know. How many kids they have? I don't know. What was their name? I don't know. And it's because I did all the talking during that 15 minutes. What I've learned is if I'll talk some and then stop and be quiet for a minute, that person will talk. It's amazing. This is how a conversation works. And it's new to me. And all my friends are saying, he doesn't stop yet. And I know that. I'm saying I'm learning how to do this. I haven't learned it yet. It's a new practice for me, listening. It's hard. But if you want to listen, if you want to have God speak to you, you're going to have to stop moving and stop talking and be still for a moment so he has an opportunity to speak. You've got to learn how to be quiet. You've got to learn stillness. You've got to learn how to rest for a moment so that God can speak into that rest. I recommend doing this on Sunday. I know that a lot of us work six days a week or or work on opposite schedules from our spouses, and it can be hard to find time off. But if you have Sundays off, I'd recommend doing this on Sunday. In our culture, Sunday is our Sabbath. Sabbath was traditionally a day to rest, but not just to rest, but to rest in the Lord. And so in tradition, on Sabbath, the the people would wake up and go to the temple, serve at the temple, be a part of the temple, and then after the temple, they would continue to rest in the Lord with their families. In the New Testament, the believers moved their worship Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday, because that's the day Jesus resurrected. But nonetheless, this is our Sabbath. And many of us just Fill up our day like any other day after church. And I just want you to know that two hours on Sunday isn't enough time to Sabbath and rest in the Lord. I'd recommend clearing the day. Don't fill it up like you do other days. Give yourself an opportunity to hear from God. When you when you wake up in the morning, spend time praying with Him before you go and serve at church. And then go, go to worship and hear his word and be around your brothers and sisters in Jesus and be around your your family at the gathering church. And then after that, spend more time resting in the Lord. Give him the day, make it an intentional day with your kids of rest and focusing on God's goodness that week. Have a meal where you sit and talk about the things of God. Make it a tradition Give yourself extra time to read and pray on Sunday. One of the things I used to do was I I would read my Bible and pray six days a week, and then Sunday, that was the pastor's job. You know what I'm saying? On Sunday, I'd say, all right, pastor, I prayed six days. You pray today, okay? I, I, I read my Bible. You read it to me today. I'm like my daughter at bedtime. You're going to read the book to me today. And what I've learned is that on Sundays, it's just as important for me to pray and read Scripture. Don't take my word from it. Read the book for yourself. Get in there and spend time on Sundays resting in the Lord. If you want to hear His voice, give Him time to speak. Don't schedule a bunch of things like you do every other day. Leave room for stillness. Second weapon of mass distraction for us, it gets better every time I say it, is competing voices, competing voices. When there's more than one person talking to you at one time, it's hard to hear either of them. This is a regular part of my life. I have a three-year-old who talks a lot. My Eleanor is beautiful and smart and funny, but that girl never stops talking. And her favorite time to talk to me is the moment that her mother begins talking to me. In the in the exact moment that her mom has something important to ask me is the very same moment that my 3-year-old has a new story to tell me or a joke to tell me. And a 3-year-old joke goes like this. Hey dad, want to hear a joke? Yes. Banana tree. <laughs> And then I have to pretend to laugh at it like it's funny. And I'm just encouraging it. And then she says banana tree a hundred more times, you know. And it's every time. It's right when my wife starts to speak. And my wife will just keep speaking to me. And Eleanor will keep speaking to me. And I don't hear what either of them are saying. When more than one person talks to you, it's hard to hear either of them. I'm getting better at this at home. But I tell you what, the more voices speak into our lives, the harder it is to hear the voice Of God. We've got competing voices. Ever been in a football stadium on game day? It's overwhelming. I'm a Clemson Tigers fan. As I said, I grew up in South Carolina and there were only two football teams that anybody in South Carolina is remotely interested in. Um, I can't remember what the other one is, but one of them is the Clemson Tigers. And the Clemson Tigers, they, they play down there in Anderson, just a little ways away from us, and their football stadium is in a valley. They call it Death Valley. And it's a great big bowl. And it's one of the loudest stadiums in college football. And I remember being there on Saturdays, on game day, and there's 80,000 people all, all shouting at the same time, cheering on their football teams, speaking to the players, speaking to the coaches, trying to help the referees do their job a little bit better. All of it at the same time, you can't hear a single voice in the crowd. It's just a loud, deafening roar. But one time when I was in high school, I was up there visiting a friend, and security was different back in those days, and we were walking around in the football stadium in Death Valley when it was empty. There was no game going on. And he was over in the end zone area on the hill um, where the team comes in, and I was at about the 50-yard line in the stands over there. He picked up his phone and started talking on it, and I could hear every word he was saying. And I thought, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because on Saturdays, when I'm in here with 80,000 people, I can't hear a single word any of them are saying. But right now, I'm 70 yards away and I can hear every word that he is saying. You see, I think if we take time to remove some of the competing voices in our lives, you'd be surprised at how much you really can hear. I believe God is speaking, but sometimes there's just too many voices and we can't hear him. And today, There are so many competing voices, social media, the constant moving of our thumbs through news feeds and stories, watching other people, listening to other people. It fills our blank spaces, those still moments when God could have an opportunity to speak are now spent scrolling through newspaper articles or news feeds or stories. Netflix and its never-ending stream of entertainment. Are you still watching? Don't judge me, Netflix. Yes, of course I am. Work, emails, and now, now work is more reachable than ever. We used to be able to leave work and work would stay at work, but now our emails are on our phone and so we're constantly being reminded of work. We're constantly available to work and it's people in our lives sometimes, the relationships that we have constantly speaking into us. I'm telling you, if you want to hear the voice of God, you're going to have to learn how to silence some of these voices, pause some of these voices, and kill others. Some of these voices don't need a place in your life. In Luke 14, 18 through 20, it says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. You see, in this parable, a master is throwing this great big banquet in which he wants to spend time with all these people. And instead of coming to spend time with their master, They give him all these reasons of different voices in their lives, work, uh, uh, purchasing things, items, you know, uh, their marriage, all these reasons why they can't attend the banquet. And here's what happens in that parable. The master doesn't reschedule the banquet. He invites new guests. He brings new people into that banquet so that they can hear the voice of God. Here's the thing. When the voice of God is coming to you, it's coming to you. And if all these other voices are keeping you from hearing him, it's still going to fall even if you can't hear it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. In order to hear God's voice, you're going to have to turn down the world's volume. Hebrews twelve one and 2, one translation, it says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. And we must focus on Jesus. We have to learn how to turn down the other voices and turn our focus to Jesus if we want to be able to hear from Jesus. And the third weapon of mass distraction, it's more intense every time, is an unprepared heart, an unprepared heart. You see, I have these conversations with people as a pastor. Pe- this is a question people have a lot. I would say out of the different kind of questions that I get from people, this is maybe number one or number two of what people want to ask me. How do I hear from God? How do, I, how do I get more out of my quiet time? How do I receive a word from him? How do I know it's his voice? All that sort of thing. And I think for a lot of these folks, the biggest problem and the reason that they're not hearing the voice of God is they've done nothing to prepare to hear the voice of God, is that if the voice of God is coming to them, they're not prepared to hear it. There's a parable in the Bible where Jesus is talking about the sower scattering seed on the field. And it talks about the different kinds of soil that he scatters the feed on. And only one type of soil, the one that is plowed and prepared, actually receives the seed From the sower. In Matthew 13, 19, it says, when anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. Because sometimes, like in this parable, we're not prepared to receive it, and so it just stays on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. It's possible that the word of God is landing on you, and you're not ready to receive it. And so someone else is taking it away. We have to prepare our hearts to hear the voice of God. If you want to hear God speak, you've got to do the work to develop a closeness with God first. See, God comes to a prepared environment. We do this, it's not hard, but to prepare ourselves, to prepare the soil, to develop closeness with God in order to be able to hear from God, we spend time with God. You see, the more time we spend with God, the more we become prepared to hear from God, the more we will receive the words of God. There's a a passage in Exodus where Moses is having this exchange with God. He's speaking to him, and he's got a very deep and intimate relationship with God at this season of his life. And he asks God to reveal his glory to him, Basically, God, show me who you are. Show me what your presence looks like. And look at how God responds to him. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. I know you by name. And then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, Yahweh, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I believe God allowed Moses to experience his presence because they had spent so much time together, they were on a first name basis. Listen, if you don't spend time with God every day, often, it will be difficult For you to hear from God. And maybe at one time you did hear from God. Maybe maybe it's more of a matter of how come I don't hear from God anymore? Why why can't I hear the why doesn't God speak to me anymore? Maybe at one time you had this closeness with God and you did hear his voice. And maybe, maybe over time you've lost the ability to. Everybody, we're gonna do an exercise. Everybody stand up. Oh no. Some of you aren't paying attention, and now you have no idea why you're standing up. Everybody stand up with me. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're about to play a sound. In just a moment, we're going to play a sound. Now, if you can hear this sound, go ahead and sit down. Okay, are you ready? All right, let's play the sound. Just sit down if you hear it. Mm, uh Uh-oh. Does that freak you out or what? (laughs) Let me tell you something. I have never heard that sound. Never. Here's the thing every single one of us, or you guys go ahead and sit down, was born with the ability to hear this sound. And if you did not hear it, I'm going to make this easy on you, but if you did not hear it, it's because either you've listened to too much loud music and damaged your hearing, or it's because you're too old. Very sorry to be the one to deliver this news to you. (laughs) Age happens. (laughs) You're too old. Listen, here's the deal. You're born with the ability to hear this sound, but over time, as life happens, as you experience life, as you go through life, your body loses the ability to hear this frequency. Okay? So over time you are worn down by life and you can't hear this frequency anymore. Too many voices, too many experiences, too many other things have gotten in the way between you and that frequency and you can't hear it anymore. And I'm going to make it spiritual. Listen, sometimes this is the way it is with God. Sometimes we start out with this ability to hear from God and we can hear Him and we're able to to hear His voice and we speak back to Him. But as life goes on, and we add kids, or we add new jobs, or, or we have life experiences, or, or we get less disciplined in reading His Word, or whatever it is, as life goes on, we lose the ability to hear God's voice. Now, good news and bad news. The bad news is, you will never hear that sound again if you have lost that ability. I'm very sorry. Now, that's not true. You could get a very nice hearing aid at some point. Maybe that's good for you. I'm not saying you need one. I'm just saying it's something to think about. They make them looking pretty cool now. And so maybe you can get a hearing aid, you can hear it again. But but here's the deal. You're never going to have on your own the ability to hear that sound again. But I do believe every single one of us has the potential to hear the voice of God again. That every single person in this room has the potential and the ability to hear the voice of God. We've just got to know what to do. We've just got to know where to listen. We've just got to get a little bit of discipline and we've got to focus in and get serious about this relationship and we can hear God speaking into our lives. So if that's what you want to do, then let's look at, let, let's look at a passage in Scripture and then we're going to break it down a little bit. We'll talk about how to hear the voice of God this morning, very simply. So let's look, if you've got your Bibles, look with me at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 3-11. through 11. I'll read you a story and then we'll break it down a little bit. This is just one of many times that God speaks to people in the Old Testament. This is the beginning of him calling a prophet that he would speak to regularly. But I think in this particular story of God speaking, there's a lot that you and I can learn about how he speaks to us. So let's look at it. It says, the boy Samuel, let's start in verse 3. It says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. He heard a voice. He didn't know where it was coming from. He ran straight to the elder priest there and he said, Here I am, did you call me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Leave me alone. Get out of my room. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. And the elder priest recognized the voice of God on his life. And he said, said Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel, and then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Okay, let's unpack this story a little bit, see what we can learn from it. See, my belief is that just as God spoke to Samuel, he speaks to us, if we can learn to do these three things. So first, um, I believe God speaks as we read his word. As we read his word, it opens up by saying that, that Samuel, where he was lying, where he was sleeping, was near the lamp of the Lord, and it said, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Now this was a lamp that burned in the temple that represented something important to the Israelites. It's spoken of from the beginning of the Bible to the end as the lamp of God is what they would use to refer to the words of God, the holy scriptures. It's a symbol meaning the the lamp of God, the illumination, the light that it brings is representative of the way that the scriptures, the Bible, the teachings and words of God bring light to our lives every day. They illuminate us. It's his living, active word. Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. It's referred to in this way all throughout the Bible. The Bible is there to illuminate your life and give you the next step in your path. It's the words of God. It's his living, active voice. If you want to hear God speak Get closer to his word. Position yourself closer to the lamp of God. And you may wonder, how do I hear God's voice through the Bible? Is there some special way? Is there a specific incense I need to burn? Or perhaps there's a candle I can purchase at Lifeway that will do this for me? Or is there an essential oil that if I apply it to my neck, it will allow me to hear God's voice through the word of God? No, here's how you hear God's voice through the word of God, you read it. But pastor, I read it and I didn't hear it. Just read it. But I I don't don't know how to read it. Just read it. If you read God's word, you will hear God speak. It is alive and active. And it takes some time. Sometimes it, it takes a little bit of consistency, a little bit of discipline, learning how to read the Bible, how to meditate on it, how to pause, how to be still, how to really read what's written. And when you learn that, when you read it and you do it consistently over time, you'll begin to hear God speak through it. I would encourage you not to go a single day without reading at least one verse. If you've got a smartphone, download the U Version Bible app. It's the best thing your smartphone can do. It's a free app. It's called U Version Y O U, and it's free, it's ad free. And it has all kinds of different reading plans. It has different translations of the Bible so you can find one that you connect with or that's easy for you to understand. And on the front page of that app, there's something called the verse of the day. I would encourage you never to let a single day go by where you don't at least read that verse of the day, meditate on on it for a minute. Just stop, read that verse of the day and think about what it means to you, to your life. What is God speaking to you through that verse? And then if you get a little more disciplined and you schedule a little bit more time for it, maybe read a chapter of the Bible. You could always start in a book like John, which is a narrative and it's beautifully written. Just read one chapter at a time about the life of Jesus. But what I'd really encourage you to do is clear enough time out of your day to to read a plan, to pick a plan and read it every day. To pick a plan and read it every day. I think you should put this on your calendar like you would in an appointment. I think if you can make time to go see the doctor a couple times a year, you need to make time to talk to God every single day. I think you need to put it on your schedule. I, I talk to people a lot of times and um, I ask them when they read their Bible and they say, oh, you know, like, it depends on my day, just kind of when I've got a free moment during the day. And my next question is always, and what does that free moment during the day look like? Ah, uh, well... You know, I mean, it's, uh, it doesn't, the free moment doesn't come anymore in this culture. I got to tell you, if you want to really hear from God and hear his voice, schedule this like it's an appointment. I like to do the Bible in one year plan. That's the one I've always done. It's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament, a psalm and a proverb every day, and you kind of move forward through it. One of the things that I do is that if I'm if it's a weekend, uh, you know, and I'm busy, I'm busy because we're busy. If I got a lot going on that day, and and I'm not gonna take the time to read the entire plan because it takes like 15 minutes. I always will read the the verse of the day that day or read my chapter that day, but then when I pick it back up again, I don't read that day that I missed because on those Bible with one year, if you keep doing that and you miss a bunch of days, you get way behind, and then it's like November, and it's like, hey, how'd the one-year Bible go for you? It was good. You know, I got to like Exodus chapter 3 and uh, Matthew chapter 5, and I really enjoyed it, man. No, I always just kind of move through it because that way in a whole year you actually do get to see parts of the whole Bible, and I think that's important. And so I I get that one-year Bible, and I schedule time to do it. I think the best time to do this in your day is right at the beginning of the day, right in the very beginning. Open up your day with the voice of God. Psalm 119 verse 147, it says, I rise before dawn and cry for help, and I put my hope in your word. You see, there's a lot of things that are going to happen during the day, and I love the morning because it's the most hopeful part of the day. You never know how the day's going to go yet. There's, there's still hope it's going to be a great day. But I don't, I don't put my hope in the great day in the day itself. See, I put my hope for a great day in the word of the Lord and in his presence. And I had a baby. Sometimes you've got to adjust it. I had a baby. Well, my wife had a baby. I did very little in the matter. But my wife had a baby 13 weeks ago. And so she, uh, she kept me up a little bit later at night. Babies can be inconvenient like that. And uh, she kept me up a little bit later at night, and so I wasn't able to get up before dawn as early. And so I just cleared a little bit of time at work. I, I would get in there and and get to know and figure out what the staff was working on that day, and then go close my door and read my Bible and have my prayer time there. I put it on my calendar. I put it in my schedule. Now that Dagny is sleeping through the night, hallelujah, praise the Lord, I'm going to start getting up and doing it before dawn again. I, I can go to bed earlier, and I can do that again. I just plan my day around it. It's one of the most important things I schedule all day long because I want to hear God speak. And If you want to hear God speak, pick a plan and read it every day. Pick a plan and read it every day. All right, second thing is this. I believe God speaks as we cultivate his presence. It says that in, it's where Samuel was positioned was near the ark of God. It said that he was positioned when he heard God speak near the ark of God. In the Old Testament, the ark of God is where the presence of God literally dwelt. There was a spot on the ark, there were these two big angels on the top, and their wings stretched out towards one another, and in between those wings is a spot called the mercy seat, and the mercy seat was where the presence of God physically dwelt. Now, God doesn't dwell in the ark anymore, not since Jesus came. When Jesus came, he split the curtain in the temple that divided the presence of God from everybody else and released the presence of God out to all of us. Now, I think we experience the presence of God. I think the clearest place to go and find him, to seek him out, to experience his presence, the way we cultivate it is through worship. Now, if, if you're not sure what I mean by worship, worship means a lot of different things. It's really just turning your heart towards God, not for yourself, but for the sake of God. But what I'm talking about specifically in this context is the way that we worship God through music, like what we do in here on Sunday mornings, worshiping God through music. I believe God is attracted to worship. In 1 Chronicles, it says, the eyes of the Lord are ranging to and fro, seeking worshiping hearts. John chapter 4 says that the heart of the Lord is seeking worshipers. Worship cultivates the presence of God. In 2 Kings, there's a, a miracle that Elisha is about to perform. He's a prophet of God. But before he performs this great miracle, he says, bring the harpist. Because he wants to hear some worship music before he brings the presence of God down for this miracle. I believe God is attracted to worship, that, that worship in song is one of his favorite things, going back to all of history. And if we want to cultivate the presence of God, one of the simplest ways we can do that is through worship music. Spend time in worship and you will hear God speak. One of the things that I do is, I, so I love country music. And when I say I love country music, I don't mean like what they're playing on, like the modern country radio, to me, that's offensive music. That they're calling it country music. What are they even doing? It's all just a bunch of uh, a straw cowboy hats. They're not even wearing cowboy hats anymore. One guy wears like a knit cap, like it's cold outside all the time. And then there's uh, there's these other country music singers. You know, they got all these electric guitars and all this stuff and. I realize how old and grumpy I sound, but it's not country. What I listen to is 105.5 The Outlaw. And it's got like Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson. The real country music, you know? And I love it. And I love my Johnny Cash. I'm a big John Denver fan. That should tell you a lot about me, right? I'm just like, like, I like to get pumped up to some John Denver, you know? And so I love that kind of music. But what, what I found is that that kind of music doesn't draw me any closer to the presence of God. And so I don't, I don't have like a lot of time to listen to music during the day. My commute is short, so I'm not listening to the radio a lot, and I'll do it sometimes at work. And what I've found is that I would rather spend that time that I listen to music instead of listening to Johnny Cash. I still listen to him. I love Johnny, okay? But most of my time in song is spent listening to worship music because I can feel the presence of God in it. And I need more of the presence of God in my life. I don't mean to be the pastor that comes down on secular music, okay? I grew up with that. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to it or you can't listen to it. But I'm saying that music, when it's worship, when it honors the Father, when it glorifies Him, has the ability to cultivate the presence of God in our lives. And if you're asking how to hear the voice of God, I would encourage you to do everything you can to cultivate more of His presence in your life. Go on Spotify and download some worship playlists and play them and just just take a moment while they're playing to listen to the words and engage in it and let yourself worship and see if you don't feel his presence more clearly. There's a disturbing passage to me in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. In, this is in the New King James. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They were in a place. <laughs> Where God's presence dwelt, and they were in a place created for worship. Did you know the Garden of Eden was created for worship? For man to worship God, and for nature to worship God, and for them to do it together. It was a place created for worship, and they could hear the sound of the Lord God moving in that place. But it says, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. You can listen to all the worship music you want. You can read the Bible all you want. But if you allow the condition of your heart to keep you from the presence of God, you will not hear him speak. You have got to make sure that you don't allow the condition of your heart to keep you from the presence of God. If you're frustrated, if you're stressed, if you're angry, let those things motivate you closer to him, move you closer to him. When Adam and Eve had sinned, God went looking for them, wanting to speak to them. He wasn't looking for them with that fiery sword to chop them up. He wanted to speak conviction into them that would provoke change, but they hid from him. Uh, Robbie brought an incredible message last week about shame. If you weren't here, you got to go back and listen to it. It was life-changing. But I want you to know that you it's very easy for our shame or for our sin, or for our uh, anger and frustration to keep us from hearing the voice of God. And I want you to know that you can bring those things to God, that you need to let Him speak into those things, that one of Adam and Eve's gr- greatest moments is, is when God comes after them while they're hiding, and He clothes them. His first act after they've committed the first sin is an act of grace and an act of love. That is how your Father will greet you. If you just draw close to Him, allow yourself to cultivate His presence. Read His Word. Get closer to His presence no matter how you feel. Tell Him how you feel. Speak to Him. Let Him know. Tell Him, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm I'm stressed about this thing. God, I'm, I'm, I'm shameful for this sin I've made. Bring it to Him, and He will still speak to you through it. Don't draw yourself away from God. Go to the garden and worship no matter the condition of your heart. Go to him with your frustration, your doubt, and your anger. Worship him and experience his presence. And then finally, I believe we we hear God speak as we get planted in the church. It says Samuel was in the temple. It actually says that Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. It was in the temple. He was in the place where people would worship. He was in this, this place where people would come together to hear from God, to worship God, to experience God alongside one another. I believe we hear God speak in the context of the church. Get connected. I'm not just talking about Sundays. I mean, Sundays, I think, are a great time to hear from God. We create an environment intentionally, for us to hear from God. Our worship, when we worship corporately together in the same place, when we sing songs that glorify and honor God, I believe that God can speak to us in those moments. When we sit and we study God's Word together, I think that's a great time to hear God speak into our lives. But I also think Sundays aren't the only time. I think that if you get involved in a life group, you give yourself the opportunity to hear from God. One of the things I love in this story is when Samuel wasn't sure if he was hearing the voice of God or if God was speaking to him, he went to this elder. He went to have somebody confirm that he was hearing the voice of God, to have somebody speak into him so that he could hear the voice of God. And that's what life group does for us. Get around people that are in a little bit different stage of life from you. Study God's Word together. Talk about what God's doing in your life together, and God will speak to you through them. I believe as we get planted in the church, we can hear the voice of God. Psalm 92, 11-13, it says, My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, and they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, and planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. If you want to flourish, if you want to grow, get yourself planted in the church. I believe God speaks through his church. I believe it's important for us to hear him speaking through his church. A lot of times, if you, if you want to hear God speak, if you really want to hear him speak, this most of these conversations that I'm having with people, I always kind of end it with, with kind of one challenge. It's very simple. If you want to hear God speak, give us a year. Give us a year. Give us a year and go all in. Give it everything you've got. Give us a year and pick a plan and read it every day. Every single day, commit yourself. Say, for, for one year, I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to pray every day and i pray you will hear god speak over the course of that year you will hear him he'll speak to you give us a year and come to church every single sunday it's okay if you take a vacation here and there but come to church every time you're here wake up get your family here get yourself here come to church listen worship alongside other people serve the church serve it get get involved in what the church is doing Listen to the message. Write down the application points. Take them home and apply them. Give us a year and do everything we ask you to do. Attend one and serve one service. Invite people. Bring other people into the story. And then join a life group. We're doing life group signups right now. Listen, I, I, most of the time I feel like I'm really worshiping God, like clearly outside of the context of song. It's when I'm having dinner with other people who love God just around that dinner table in a life group there's a worshipful moment about it and you'll hear God speak there give us a year and go all in do the whole thing do the whole thing and you will hear God speak you will hear God speak if you don't hear God speak after a year of going all in you can have all your money back you can take off it's fine give up on it but I know that won't happen I've never had anybody come to me that's done that and say, I didn't hear God speak. They may have questions about some of the things he says. I feel like every time I've heard God speak audibly to me, it's because I was going in a direction and he wanted me to take a hard turn. And that's hard to hear sometimes. But God will speak to you if you learn how to listen. If we remove these distractions, if we learn how to settle our busyness, how to kill some of the voices in our lives, if we learn how to prepare our hearts to hear him, and then we get in the right environment, we prepare ourselves for it, we get planted in the house of the Lord, you will hear God speak. I believe He's got a purpose for you, that He wants to speak into you. I believe He's got words for you that are just for you, that are your words, that He wants to speak. Listen, if you want the right fruit, you've got to get in the right environment. Get yourself planted. Let God speak to you. Just see what happens. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing in us, God. We thank you that you are a God who speaks, Father. That you are a God who speaks to us. And so, God, we surrender our busyness to you, Father. We, we lay down some of the things that are keeping us from you. God, teach us to say no so that we can hear you speaking to us, God. We will listen, Father. Speak to us through your words, Lord. Speak to us through the Bible, Father, when we open it up. Make it alive and active to us. Make it fresh to us every time, God. Let us hear your words through that text, God. Father, as we sit at the dinner table in a life group, Lord, I just ask that you would use those moments, those conversations for us to hear your word, to speak to us, God, as we worship here this morning, Father, as we just lift up your name in song, God, I just ask that you would would speak to us, God. Let us hear your voice. Show us your glory. We worship you. We love you. We honor you, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.